Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. All right, guys, welcome back to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, everybody. Episode 173. I'm your host, Rick Shields. I'm here with co-host Guy Charnock. <laughs> nice. How are you, Guy? Very good, Richard Shields. How are you? I'm all right. I was just saying, though, I'll be honest, momentarily before the podcast started, my levels of energy at the moment are at a low. Yeah. And that's because we've had a tremendously busy week. Nothing to do with your antics on the Wednesday night. Nothing. No. So <laughs> we are actually recording this on the Friday. Normally record a podcast on Monday, release it Tuesday. We're releasing it this time on Friday because we can't do it on Monday. So therefore, we probably won't be able to touch on loads about Bay Hill, the Arnold Palmer Invitational. But obviously, Scottish Scheffler wins it. I was going to say this. Should we try and guess who's going to win? Scottish Scheffler. I think Rick Shields are going to win. Thanks. <laughs> For your break 75. Well, if people have watched the break 75, they'll, they'll sure know that I do not win. <laughs> Uh, I think I could play that golf course. Um, if I played it 10 times, I don't think my eclectic score would even potentially break par. Have you ever heard that thing about if you've got an infinite amount of monkeys with an infinite amount of typewriters, they'd end up, one of them or whatever, would end up writing the entire work, works of Shakespeare perfectly. What? Yeah. So think about it, there's an infinite, so unlimited amount of monkeys, just literally a, as far as the eye can see, there's monkeys, and they've all got typewriters. They'd just be typing away, just pressing random buttons. But statistic, well, no, it's, it's fact that because it's infinite, one of them would actually type the whole works of Shakespeare perfectly. What, what, what do you mean by this? If I get, if I, if so, if there was, if you in, play, di- in def- if there was infinite Rick Shields's, yes, playing infinite rounds <laughs> Bay at Bay Hill, there might be a chance I break 75. 80. <laughs> <laughs> There's much more chance of a monkey typing the whole script of Shakespeare than me breaking 80 at Bay Hill. Um, genuinely, you've probably, ever, well, hopefully a lot of you have seen the episode. If you've not, go and check it out. Um, genuinely one of the hardest golf courses I've ever played in my entire life. You know what? It looks insane. It looks so, so hard. But I think there's something really cool about dropping that video the same week the actual event really is good Because you can see somebody that people feel like they know and can relate to and what they actually shoot. Because I always say this, we've said this loads of times, that how good it would be to have on a tour event a scratch handicapper, a nine handicapper, 18 and 28, all playing the tournament in the final yeah. group, or the first group in yeah. the day, the final group, whatever. <laughs> one of the groups in the day. 
off properties and seeing what they actually all shoot. I know. You're that guy, essentially, in this. You're the guinea pig. I Right now, we've only seen Thursday's round of golf. John Rahm has gone out and shot seven under par in the first round. Of, I, I can't comprehend how you even do that. Like, genuinely now, I know we've done these 10-shot challenges, and I know John Rahm, um, his, hand, his handicap came out recently at, like, something stupid. It was plus 12, I think. I think I would need a 20-shot head start against John Rahm right now. At one of those courses as well, yeah. on the backs, yeah. It's just, I just can't. First off, I, I played off the right off the backs at the Bay Hill, the same tees that the, the tour pros are playing off. Um the conditions of the golf course was sim- somewhat similar. I would imagine they're playing on faster greens now, yes. you'd imagine, because obviously they speed them up as they get to the tournament. Um, the the rough, that's the thing, and it's really difficult. I even I was watching it on TV last night, and I'm like, it doesn't even look that bad, because it's not, it's not like links up to your knee rough, mm-hmm. which is like wispy, and you just know that that's going to struggle. But well, that sometimes looks worse than it is occasionally, doesn't it? It can do. Course. Honestly, the rough at Bay Hill is so dense and thick, and and I'm going to use a, a very American word, kind of gnarly. Oh wow! Like it, it honestly, your ball goes in, even it, it might only be five yards off the fairway. You're properly looking to find your golf ball. Like there's no mm. guarantee you're even going to find it because the ball just kind of sinks. Yeah. Um, and then you you again I played off the bat tee so it's a ridiculous length golf course 7,500 yards or something silly I'm then I've then got like 200 yards into a par 4 and I'm looking down and going I don't even think I can hit lob wedge out of that line honestly it was such a demanding golf course and I watched these guys play it yesterday I'm like just it's a different it's not even one level two level for me it's like five levels further down the line you know what's mad so i'm looking now at the scoreboard from thursday again this is the i'll choose this is old news for people but as it currently stands um ricky fowler which is good to see shot four under par right I mean, that's crazy well that, that's what i'm gonna come on to so four under par right is unbelievable good golf score but i think sometimes maybe naively everyone knows the guy at their golf club who's really good who's the club champion who's off scratch plus one plus two whatever who may occasionally, when everything goes well for him, shoot a four under par. So you've kind of seen that score at your home course. But like you said, when you actually think about it realistically, these guys are shooting four under par at these golf courses that are so long, that are so difficult, with so much pressure. The crowds it's, and all sorts. Think, but that's the wor- I think that's the worst thing with, with professional golf, in a sense of trying to relate to it, because if we use like running as an example now, if you're fit enough to run a marathon and you do it in four hours, right? at the London Marathon, and on the same day, Mo Farrow ever does it in two hours ten, for example, you can be like, oh my, you can actually kind of understand the difference. You've almost doubled your speed all the way around. But with golf, you'll never, although you can play like you've done the tour event courses in similar condition, you can never do it on the exact same day. So you can't really still get an understanding of how good these scores actually are. Sometimes I was thinking as you were were chatting then and you're right it, it's almost uncomprehendable and that's why i think the videos that, that i've managed to do at real championship golf courses do go down so well because yeah. it is showing you the, the reality closer to that reality it's isn't it? showing you this is honestly you know i'm not i'm not saying i'm played bloody brilliant and you've seen my videos in the past and sometimes i can play good sometimes i play bad but that was a significant i don't genuinely believe i could play that golf course enough times to ever feel like i've conquered it no um but what was interesting now i was just thinking as you were talking talking is golf one of the rarer sports i'm not saying the only sport one of the rarer sports 
where the the spectators actually apply so much more pressure when you're playing in front of them, or the tour pros just think differently. For example, um, I'm doing a London Marathon in a few weeks' time, yeah. eight weeks' time. Now, when I'm running, practicing, or whatever. Somewhat training, <laughs> and I'm running in in the road, and there's no crowd. Obviously, you know, I'm just I'm just running along, and I'm not I'm not getting any adrenaline. There's no there's no extra support that's taking place there. I know come race day because I've done uh, half marathons before. I've done ten k's. The crowd really spur you on. Mm-hmm. Like they don't make it harder for you in a running race. They almost make it easier for you. Mm-hmm. Similar to I could imagine a football match. Certainly, if you're playing at home. Like the home crowd almost really kind of drive you on, don't they? they well, almost... That's the key, though, the home crowd. Yeah, it might be different against the away yeah. crowd. Where I feel like golf, it's almost like every golfer has talked about being super outrageously nervous on the first tee, even the best players in the world. Once they get past that, some of these guys just must absolutely thrive yeah. on the fact there's hundreds of thousands of people watching. I think it's a very good point, but I think what we have to try and remember is the guys that get to this elite level, have kind of worked their way up. So they have been the good junior golfer who might go to a tournament where there's everyone's mum and dad walking around. Then they get to maybe like kind of county amateur stuff where there might be a few of the members of the golf course walk around and that kind of builds up and builds up. And then he gets the challenge tour where there might be a few thousand kind of mooching about. If you couldn't handle that level of pressure, you would never get to the next stage, if that makes sense. So if you've got 10 golfs from a golf club and put them on a PJ tour for a day and there's 20,000 people around a hole. They'd absolutely flap it. I know I would. But these elite golfers, they're kind of made for it. They've worked through it, haven't yeah. they? And if, and if they couldn't handle it... They wouldn't have got to this stage, would they? But I suppose, like you said, that when they feel like nerves in the first tee, I bet that is so much more about, right, this is the Masters, it's Sunday, I want that green jacket. It's, as opposed to there's people down the left and right. Whereas for us, I'd be like, that guy in the right and that um, that cap, he's going to get nailed at Pro V1. <laughs> <That> cap. <laughs> <laughs> all of them. <laughs> yeah, every man's got a cap on. Um, oh, they're all in danger. But yeah, no. You know what um, I see though? Instead of these PJ Tour events and, and the players playing on the PJ Tour or live or wherever it might be, I would love to see an experiment to show how good these guys actually are. It never happened, obviously. But you get like the top ten in the world go to a random normal run of the mill golf club oh and play in the goodness. club championship. Where you've got like Joe Smith, who's off plus one, who's the favourite, who thinks he might shoot 69, 69. John Ram, Rory McIlroy. So he'll shoot 57, <laughs> 61 and win. Like, imagine seeing the actual levels. Because even again, going back to like weightlifting, if you watch the world's strongest man, they're doing like 500 kilo deadlift and you can deadlift 120 kilo. You're like, that's four times what I can lift. That's insane. But you just don't get that with the golf as much. I'd love to see more reality of how good they actually are. You know what they should actually do then? They should have a tour event regardless of, of what tour, <laughs> I'm not getting into all that politics again. Um, or actually, we might be doing later on yeah, in, this, in this episode. Um, actually, one tour event each year is, like you say, it's at an unbelievably public golf course that's yeah. like 6,200 yards. Bucket holes. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine four rounds of golf mm-hmm. for those guys where most par fours they're going to be driving and literally chipping yep. on the green. Most par fives like par fours. Like, what would they actually get to? What number could be obtained? Like, a tournament could be won at 50 under par. Yeah. 
I think it would. <laughs> um, I think it should be done. It'd be really funny. So, today's podcast, that was quite a nice kind of flow into the intro. We've got quite a lot to cover. We've got, obviously, big news on the PJ Tour kind of going down the route of Liv, which has caused a lot of stir. And again, we are appreciate this. We're recording a little bit early, so people might have heard a bit of this by now. People want to hear your take on this, Rick, all the time. I'll be honest with you, I don't know a lot about it just yet. Okay. Because it kind of broke yesterday, did it? Or a couple of days ago. Before. So, basically, there's going to be more events on the PJ Tour now that there's going to be no cut. So essentially, at the minute, they have, is it the WGCs and the FedEx? There's no cuts, obviously, no. you have to earn your way in to get into those. They're now released, I think it's another, is it, so it's went from next year. I'm going to Google it now because I feel like I should know a little bit more about this. But I have looked at some some bits of it. I've heard some of the opinion. I've heard Rory kind of defending it as well. Um, there's going to be more events from next year where you've got no cut for basically the top players. And the whole point of it really is, is, is so the PJ Tour can go out to sponsors and say, look, um, MasterCard sponsor this event or whatever it might be and we can guarantee you that Rory, Tony Finau, Scotty Scheffler will be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday which should therefore mean TV viewings are going up anyway because people want to watch those guys so it's worth a lot more for them essentially it's it's copying the live model to some degree it, it's yeah it well it is because I, I did definitely see the the tweet in Instagram that Liv put out of facts of like flattery is the best form of uh, imitation is it or imitate yeah. Imitation is the best form of flattery. Um, because effectively, our PGA Tour are saying, yes, we actually do believe a no-cut model is more beneficial. It is more beneficial to a number of different people. Obviously, sponsors, mm-hmm. like you say, they get more more bang for their buck. The viewers. Yep. Like, I'm, I must admit, I can't think of a time where I've planned to go to an Open Championship on a Saturday or Sunday and been disappointed because I've not seen the favourite player. However, you could argue that would have probably happened last year at the Open. Mm. Like, there would have been a lot of fans that would have been so lucky to get tickets on Saturday and Sunday for the Open last year. Now, obviously, the Open is still going to have a cut and everything else. And Tiger wasn't there. Yeah. Where, like, it is a bit of a shame, that, isn't it? It is, but I suppose that's kind of part of the magic well, of is. golf, isn't yeah. it? But with this new thing, they're saying there's going to be events that are going to be um, 70 to 78 players with no cut, but it won't apply to the majors, the players, or the FedEx Cup playoffs. Um, five spots can be earned through performances in non-designated events. So I think the whole point of this is they're saying, yeah, there's no cut, but you can still earn your way in. Whereas obviously with Liv, people are arguing, but there's no really way of earning yourself way in. Oh, I think there is, though, actually, after the Asian tour, but... I think ultimately we were quite concerned. I know you were quite concerned about Liv starting and PJ Tour and almost too much kind of friction. But you must say it's probably making the game better for both parties, isn't it? This, this competitiveness. Yeah, it, it, it's super interesting at the moment. The world of professional golf, like I mean, the 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 people who are really benefiting are the players. I mean, they're making so much more money over the last couple of years, aren't they? Whether they have signed for Liv or whether they remained on the PJ Tour, they must be like bloody hell. This is but cashing in on mm. this. Um, it'd be interesting to see what viewing figures look like. Yeah. I'd heard some reports that Liv's viewing figures last week weren't particularly impressive for the, the one in Mexico. I don't, I don't, you never really get to see PJ Tours viewing figures as such. Because uh, I think it's quite a complicated way of monitoring um, viewing figures, certainly in the USA, um, if it's not online. So it, it would be really interesting to know, are, are genuinely more people watching golf right now or, or has it had an opposite effect mm. where people are like, well, I don't know what to watch, therefore I'm not going to watch I anything. So I don't know. I get a bit like that, you know. Really? Sometimes if it's almost like too much choice, it's like, oh, I can't choose. I'm just going to not bother. Mm. Like, 
I do honestly, and I think sometimes I feel. A... But do you get that with the things that you like though? So like, I get if you go to Netflix and there's not really anything that you fancy and watching, there's almost too much choice. Like, oh, you know what? I can't remember making a decision. But if you like golf, if you went to a restaurant and there was a burger and a pizza and you like both, you're probably not going to go, I won't get anything there. And you go, oh, it's hard to choose, but oh, I'll go for the burger. I, if you love watching golf, I can't imagine someone's going to sit down and go, do you watch Liv or PJ Tour? And then go, mm, I'm not going to watch either. I don't know. I, I've certainly found myself in situations a bit like that. Really? Yeah. With the golf? Yeah, a little bit. Wow. Not, not, it just, because you, at the moment, certainly when the, the, the weeks clash, you, you have got to make a choice. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that choice is kind of so complicated or hard to do or you're not quite sure which one you want to watch on. I, so I end up either watching highlights or don't particularly watch as much live mm-hmm. golf. Is. Where this week, it's probably a bit easier. Obviously, we've just missed it. But at the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill, what event? Mm-hmm. Like, you can only really watch that. There's no yeah. other choice. But, um, yeah, it, it's an interesting turn from the PJ Tour. They've obviously had some kind of a jokeful backlash that it is almost copy and live. Um, it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out. And and like I say, I I think for a viewer, they want to see the best players more of the time. And Absolutely. this is this is offering that. So one of the features this week I've copied from the internet. Okay. So there's different. Like I don't actually know who does it, but there's different. I think it might be GQ or other people where they get like a celebrity. We couldn't find one today, so we've got you. Substituted in. And you asked them some of Google's most searched for questions on said person. Okay. So I typed in, does Rick Shields? And loads of different things Uh-oh. came up. So I'm going to start at the bottom and work the Not way sure up. Not sure how to think about this. Okay. okay. What back? Some of them aren't super exciting. Some of them are a bit more so, a bit more juicy. Oof. Okay, you ready? Okay. Juice. So what bag does Rick Shields use? That's, that's so what they're asking on Google. Google what that. bag does Rick Shields use? People are asking this on Google. Currently... I use, and I think I've had a couple of versions of this. It's the ping. Is it the Hoofer Crazy Light? The skinny one. I think it's the ping e- Crazy Light. You're a skinny bad guy, aren't you? I love it. Mm. But Would then, you? you know what? The other day, I was thinking, God, there's a lot of stuff in here in my bag. Mm. I have so much bloody stuff in my golf bag. Well, can we talk about my issue with your golf bag we discussed yesterday on the golf course? Yeah. This is a sin, and I'm surprised you're the guy that does this. So Rick carries an umbrella, which is fine. He doesn't want to get caught in the rain. He keeps his umbrella in his actual golf bag, like stuffed down with the clubs as opposed to the umbrella section at the side. I don't like it in the umbrella section at the side. I don't, really I don't think sick. the bag is big enough. Maybe if I had a bigger bag, but I don't like how it sticks out. Like It looks a bit wrong it looks a bit kind of like really? it shouldn't be belonging. what do you think on that matt what's your verdict yeah of course he is he's an outside bad guy it's really i'm surprised by you thought I'd, i really am maybe it hurt actually well anyway you do you <laughs> next one what putter does rick shields use well so i'm going to come on to this in a moment because we we've did a lot of filming this week and i've been experimenting with different putters i put one putter in the bag and it lasted three holes and i've gone back to my even roll er2 yeah um, I don't know why I can't stop using it. That's a good thing. I don't put bloody great, do I? But I, yeah, for but me, it's one. It seems to be one that I like. Put it well yesterday, actually. I did actually. One that I kind of go back to a lot. Um, I've, I've probably got similar to. I've probably got too many choice of putters, and therefore yeah. I kind of go back to the one that I've used for so long. Well, that's good. But I, I want I, to be honest. This year, I do want a proper putter fitting and and get get properly dialed in with it. What brand does Rick Shields wear? Well, it's an interesting question. So you might have seen since July last year, 
A lot of my UK and European followers will know this brand, the Golden Eagle. This is Lyle and Scott. It is. Um, a brand that has incredible heritage in the world of golf. Yes. Then transitioned beautifully into the world of fashion. <laughs> beautifully. And now they're trying, they're getting back into dominating the world of golf yeah. again. You wear it well. I do my best. I need to lose a bit of timber to continue to wearing it better. Got a but marathon coming up though, so I've got fall. I got a marathon. That's true. It'll fall off me. <laughs> I'll be ordering a small soon. Uh, yeah, but I, I mean, growing up, what's what's fascinating for me in the brand is um, you go on Facebook every now and again now, and you get the memories that come up mm-hmm. from fifteen years, sixteen, seventeen years ago. I'm there rocking it, a young Ricky Shields, and I'm there with the. Golden Eagle, Little Lion Scott. Nice. It looks good. So, yeah, it's a brand that you should check out. The link is in the description of this podcast. Does Rick Shields do lessons? I do not anymore, and it saddens me. <laughs> um, I, I loved coaching. I love being a coach. There's a reason why I got into YouTube, as many of you know. Um, I think over the times of, of increasing the amount of content we make and how much more of a production it is now... Um, the only time I could feasibly coach would be at a weekend. And obviously I've got three kids and a family. So I decided to spend time with them yeah. rather than coach. This is a good one. This is an exciting one. How does Rick Shields make money? How do I? <laughs> um, how do I make money? So we make money on YouTube. Yeah. It's not a secret. <laughs> we make money through... Um, Having sponsorship as such as wonderful sponsors at Lion Scott, Echo, Mm -hmm. Top Tracer. Um, And then we also uh, do the podcast. Yeah. That makes money. We do Facebook. That does all right for money. I think, I think that's something that... It's a question you hear getting asked less now because I think five or six years ago when YouTube was just kind of really taking off, people were like, how does a YouTuber make money? I think most people now are savvy to it. That When you watch a YouTube video, maybe before that or during that or at the end, there's an advert, and that advert could be for kind of anything, really. Sometimes you can skip them and sometimes you have to um, watch the whole advert. And obviously when that advert is played, YouTube... YouTube make a revenue and the creator makes revenue. Very kind of almost similar to, to when you might get a local free newspaper that doesn't cost you a penny, but within that adverts that, you know, local businesses might be paying that paper to put their advert in. It's a very kind of similar model, really, but obviously on a larger scale. Um, and then I'm going to get into the world of boxing. I think yeah. that's next. Yeah. So I'm going to call out Jake Paul right now. Oh, how, how long in the round did he last with Jake Paul? How long in a round would he last with me? I reckon you'd last five seconds. I reckon he'd, he'd be really, really, yeah. Jab. Joking? Yeah, no. I was cocky year seven, back in the day. <laughs> the biggest <laughs> So, there's a few more of these. And then OnlyFans. OnlyFans, yeah. It's weird that we ended up actually, though, the OnlyFans, <laughs> we're refunding money. So rather than making money on OnlyFans, we're, losing we're money. actually losing money. People pay like, no, I'm paying them back. back. Yeah. Um, this might have to be a bit quick. It's quite a long answer, but... What does Rick Shields have in the golf bag? Uh, Ping four thirty uh, in my golf bag or yeah. clubs? I like clubs. What's your clubs? Ping G four thirty max um, twenty five. Ping G four twenty five. Ping G four twenty five max. Yes, driver in the bag. Uh, Cobra F seven fairway wood. Um, I've currently put a new three iron in the bag, which I, I believe is a Titleist U five hundred. I've got Titleist T one hundred irons. I've got um, an even roll putter. I use Vokey wedges and I use a Pro V one. Yep, been quite similar for a while now. Really, it's not changed. Too I much. need to change everything. 
I don't, mm, I don't yeah, need to change the drive. Oh, every single club in my bag. Drive needs to stay. Every single club in my bag is going to change. Question, did Rick Shields qualify for the Open? No. Um, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, does Rick Shields have merch? Soon. Mm. Watch. I know we've said this a lot. I don't, genuinely, I know we've... But we've often said soon before without an actual idea. Well, like, it'll come, it'll eventually happen soon. We've now got an idea, and genuinely it'll come soon. We did a merchandise survey uh, for a lot of people who listen and watch, probably might even filled it out because we had, like, 40,000 replies. You've told us what you want, mm. and we are going to deliver on those demands. Yeah, you are. Coming Indeed. soon. Um, last question, very simple one. Uh, does Rick Shields have a wife? I do. I'm like, if that's actually the most searched question, that might mean there's a lot of um, people out there looking, thinking, I'm interested in Rick Shields. But is, he, is he taken? Is he off the market? <laughs> I don't know what clubs he uses. That can rank further or, down the list. Who the bloody hell would marry him? Ah, yeah. I think that's more what, it, more what it's like. They probably more feel sorry for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we have had a busy week. We have. I've, I do feel somewhat drained because this week we've been out filming. Mm. I've played golf back-to-back times. Forgot how bloody hard it is. Let me get my violin out. Walking and playing golf. The, Certainly hitting the amount of shots I do. Well, we played JCB yesterday, which again, will come in a couple of weeks, that video. We are banking videos a bit more in advance now, being more organised. So it's quite cool that we're filming stuff now that might come out in like three or four weeks' time. Well, just a quick one on that. So Bay Hill was last Friday. Yes. This Friday, to coincide with the Players' Championship, we've done a really good job here. Sawgrass, break 75 at TPC Sawgrass. Wow. Again, off the back tees wow. with a caddy wow. with the iconic 17th hole coming up. So that's going to be, that is going to be, I think you're going to love that video. On the same week as Sawgrass Of well. the same week. So that's going to come out Friday. Yes. Then the following week, I filmed a really cool video this week um, with... Uh, little Aston, yes. I know you you didn't come to the trip, um, but Little Aston, what a lovely little place. Honestly, I was really impressed with um, Little Aston. Beautiful setting, really really good golf course. I also played with a Hollywood A lister, which I will come. I'm not going to kind of give that too much away yet. That- a lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'll be coming out in the video. And then like you say, yesterday, we, you and me, played at JCB. Should we give a little bit of that or do you want to save it? Well, first off, JCB, a bit similar to Bay Hill, it's a golf course I could probably play it. 100 times off the back tees, off the proper back tees, and struggled to break par. Yeah. However, oh. yesterday, I'm not, that's all I'm gonna say. It yeah. was fun though, wasn't it? It was a very different format for break 75. Um, but it was fun, it was really good. Yeah, I'm excited for that one to come out. And that format, if it goes down well, we might do a bit more often. Who knows? Uh, but I've got a couple of questions for you, Rick. It's that time of the show, we've not had it for a while, was dear Rick. Oof. So, this is that um point we need to be really thinking hard. Oh, by the way, sorry, quick one, little Aston. Yeah, I met real life Ian. Oh, wow, the secretary from our made up fictional clubhouse, called Ian. who's called Ian. Do you know about Ian? He does. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I, so I, he does now. Anyway, so I met the real Ian, who's the, the manager at Little Aston. He would be a perfect Ian for us. Now, there's no Doreen, Doreen there, okay. and there's Not no Ian. Baz, okay? You can find him. But Ian, we've got him. You know what's mad then, statistically? <laughs> obviously, we're very grateful. A lot of people watch and listen to this podcast. We could say a person now, and they could be listening. So look, there's Darren, for example. He's driving his van right now. Darren in his white van. He's driving along thinking, oh my God, I'm Darren. I've got a white van. There's John, yep. who's out walking the dog. Of course. In a field. There could be many Johns. Yeah. But we're talking about you, John. What about um, d- d- Peter on a treadmill? Peter, there's a Peter on a treadmill listening to the podcast. Definitely. Yep. And there is a um, Sarah, yep. who is currently... Um, she is playing golf. Okay. And she's listening to the with, podcast. With the headphone too. in? Ooh, yeah, why not? That's the least statistic one, I think. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Um, headphone to the golf course. Is it, is it a good thing or a bad thing? What, okay, Sarah's for? driving to the golf course. Better. About to play golf. Safely. And she's listening. Um, very quickly on that, I remember years and years and years ago when I was a kid, um, I, I was in, in my bedroom watching TV and tucked up in bed. And I had my dressing well, gown what, on. What's that again? You right. TV. I said, just a quick one on that. Right, yeah. I remember this funny story. I was a young kid. Yes. I was probably under 10, eight or nine. And I had TV in my room. <laughs> and I was in, in bed with my dressing gown on. And on TV was Sesame Street. Yeah. Okay. And on Sesame Street, they started saying, you know, basically, oh, how did it come about now? Right. Oh, I've got fur on my body and all this. And it's like, I know you watching, you've got fur as well. And I'm sat there in bed with my dressing gown on, looking down, going, I have got fur on. How does he know? I remember jumping out of my bed, running down to running downstairs and going, Mum, 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 the bloody whatever from Sesame Street is, can see me. And she's like, What? <laughs> she, she can he can see me. I've got fur on. So yeah, it just reminded me of that little funny antidote. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh that was pictured very differently in my head. But no, yeah. it's good. But anyway. So do you want some dear Rick questions then? Let's, let's do it. Okay, so um, I've got two. Do you want number, <coughs> number one or number two? Okay, so 
for everyone listening at home, they might be thinking, what's just happened? Um, or watching. There was a moment then in time that we've had to cut from the podcast. Something absolutely, and I mean this, gigantic has just happened. I'm actually still shaking. I feel, I feel like it was a moment. Do you remember the, the TV show, like, This Is Your Life? Yes. It felt like that for this a moment. This is your life. Yeah, so... Um, I was presented with something... That's insane. ...that you'll all know about, and believe me when I say this, everybody is going to know about this in the entire world. Yes. So frustratingly... <laughs> I'll make sure of it. Yeah, frustratingly, we can't talk about it now. We were mid-podcast, was obviously we had to cut there. Something happened in the studio. Somebody came and met us with some very important and very special news. And Right. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I don't know how I'm going to concentrate, but I believe we were on a dear Rick. We were on a dear Rick. Um, <laughs> Suddenly my energy level has gone through the roof. I was quite kind of lethargic this morning, but now I'm fully operational. Even I feel flustered for you, Rick. So anyway, dear Rick is from Anonymous. Um, he's asked because he can't be asked with the hassle from the members okay camera can't see your screen can it can you see it no of course so it says recently i've been playing pretty well brackets for me i'm averaging around 37 points over the last four rounds i'm pretty consistent around that mark too i've won one and come second in another comp and then fifth just this week admittedly though from the front forward winter tees making the course shorter than usual and not counting for whs purposes however here's the kicker I've got a tailor-made Sim Max that I bought a few years ago, driver that is. I've not used it once during those four rounds. I'm driving with my Wilson Staff 3 wood and my 21-degree driving iron. It's also Wilson Staff. I've lost one ball over the course of those four rounds, and the 21-degree hybrid has outdriven my playing partner's drivers on a couple of occasions. Um, he said, I don't know about you, but I think a sweetly struck driving iron is the best feeling in golf. So, my dilemma. I can't use that driver I've got it set on a full draw setting and still slice it like Roberto Carlos. But <laughs> the tees are about to go back to the kind of normal summer position. And they're probably going to be out of range for a lot of the par fours. So my chance of improving much beyond where my current handicap is will be reduced. Do I, and the two questions here, do I, A, accept that I'm going to hit lots of um, good golf shots and keep getting comments off other people like, there's no way you can be a 17 handicap with that swing, but knowing that I won't score very well because I'm not going to be hitting a driver so he's not getting the most distance that he should kind of be getting or should he get some lessons on the driver take a risk that he might go backwards in kind of terms of ability before going forwards uh, but ultimately uh, that might help him get down to the kind of low teen high kind of single figure handicap that he's hoping for gotta be honest your head's still going in it i'm seeing your mouth moving <laughs> And, and I'm and I'm hearing words, but, but right. so basically, should he stick with a hybrid or should he have lessons? Yes, there's a guy for, for me. He's obviously enjoying hitting hybrid on a shorter golf course, and he'll he'll learn those skills and he'll continue to hone them skills as as the golf course gets longer. But yes, I would definitely look at maybe don't go from hybrid straight to driver. Like there's quite a few clubs in between there. Mm. So let's say you're hitting this hybrid. However, many, did you say it was 21 degrees of loft? Well, he's hit his three wood as well. So he's driving okay. three wood. But he's basically, so long story short, he's hit his driver horrendously. He's yeah. costing him shots. His three wood and his driving iron are working for him, but he's obviously losing distance. Once the course goes back to full length, how's he going to get his handicap down? I definitely think if you can take some of those skills that you feel more confident with with your three wood now and be open with a golf coach about how you can potentially gain more distance with a driver then that could absolutely be the perfect pathway the other thing i'd like you to try and 
uh, try out is maybe like a mini driver. Mm-hmm. You know, something a bit more lofted. Yeah. So, it, so it doesn't need to be particularly a three-wood. It's almost like a bigger version of a three-wood. But with a little bit more loft, that could definitely be a nice pathway. Are you okay? No. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've not given him the right answer. Well, but... there was another day, Rick, that I'm not going to bother with because I think your headspace now is flustered. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure how I'm going to operate for the next few weeks. No. I've I've now got to, and again, all will be revealed soon, I feel like I just need to get onto the practice ground and grind. Like, more than I ever have done in my entire life. Yeah. I'm nervous. But anyway, we'll come on to that shortly. Um, I've got some good questions on Facebook, and one I've actually answered on Facebook, um, but I'll ask, ask anyway. First of all, um, give me seven reasons <laughs> why somebody should join the Facebook group. Go now. Seven. Quick, oh, wow. Okay, that's quick, tough. Um, it's free. Yep. You get really fun, entertaining content. Yep. You learn about every member's hole-in-one. Yep. Guaranteed. Um, there's, you get to see pictures of Ian, Doreen, and Baz. Yep. Three more. And you also get, um, once you get approved, it's like a satisfaction level. Do you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. I know you approve them. Yep. And as long as you don't say anything dodgy, you won't get banned. Yeah, one more. Um, It's free. Okay. Even though I said that first, but it is free. Fair enough. But a lot of people that don't like Facebook because they don't like Mark Zuckerberg. I would then follow the Rick Shields Golf Show Instagram account. Still Mark Zuckerberg. I would then look at making sure that you follow us on the Clubhouse, which, believe it or not, is something we set up on Twitter. Don't like Elon Musk. Therefore, <laughs> we think we still have a MySpace account yes, somewhere that you can check out We've or got... write a letter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stamp the dressed envelope at Rick Shields at a random golf course somewhere. So the question actually is from Rick Mike... Shields at the Clubhouse. <laughs> Mike Swiffin says, any thoughts on playing Break 75s? at some more affordable golf courses. So I responded, and I'll respond verbally as well now, 100%, this is the plan. Just in reality, this time of year, and without being rude, a lot of the more affordable golf courses aren't in great condition. Simple That's as that, true. isn't it, yeah. really? and, and to be fair, when we look at actually a lot of the break 75s we've done, been very, very, very lucky to do some super, super high-end golf courses, no question about it. And some that uh, probably majority of people listening and watching, and this is me not being flashy or anything we'll maybe never get a chance to play some of them have been really high-end exclusive private golf courses which to some degree i love the comments where people go wow i'm probably never going to get a chance to play this golf course but now i feel like i have played it through watching your yeah. video so that's real benefit the affordable ones we've still done a lot of the affordable ones certainly let's say like crail up in scotland and ely like those ones are very you know playable yeah uh, we've done the marriott worsley park and we've done a few others as well so yeah it's get we could maybe look at doing almost like a a, a budget series that's like budget break 75s yeah but that's it though is we, we've said this before there's loads of great golf courses out there that don't have to cost a fortune. It's just that typically, not always the case, but certainly where we are in the northwest of England, the kind of more cheaper golf courses and more parkland courses, obviously, which get a little bit wetter and a bit damp. And it's kind of, we don't really want to play those courses and fill them in. It's not for the golf course as well. A lot of these golf courses obviously pride themselves on, you know, having good membership, but also attracting visitors. And if we go to the venue when it's not in its best condition and film a video there and hopefully, you know, half million, million people watch it, doesn't look great on that golf course, does no. it? You're still in cloud cuckoo land. <laughs> I had a really good question. I've lost it. Um, anything you want to say why I fill in and look, find some questions? Um, I don't know anymore. I, I, I feel like my reality of life has changed. Um, 
there's Monday, yesterday, we released a brand new driver video. Can I just say before we come on to that, a little could we say a little bit of why you're excited? Like what's just been announced in the sense of what it is, but not what it were what it is. It's every golfer's dream. Okay. Is that in a sentence. But it's not yeah, okay. Yeah. Um with with the video we released yesterday. The Wilson Driver. That was one of the most interesting reviews I've done this year. Yeah. Drivers arrived mm-hmm. from Wilson. And let's be honest, over the last few years, Wilson have... Well, even if we go back like 50 years, Wilson have had an incredible reputation for making very good products, certainly in the iron market. I think they've still won more majors with their irons than any other brand. I'm pretty sure as well they've won something like a major every decade for the last five years, wow. five decades or something. So they've, they've incredible. I've used the irons, loved them. But in the driver market, I think at once upon a time they did really well. But it, with the introduction of TaylorMade and Callaway and Ping and Titleist now kind of coming more to the forefront and Cobra, Wilson have lost huge market share in their driver market. Even to the point, and obviously I was part of this, they did a TV show, Driver vs. Yes. Driver. There was Driver vs. Driver and Driver vs. Driver 2, which I was a judge on the TV show, which was super interesting over in America and mostly filmed in Chicago, and it was on the Golf Channel, um, where you got, um, if you've not heard of it or seen it, you got quite literally normal people would design a driver, mm-hmm. and Wilson would then decide over many different rounds and elimination processes. It's almost like X Factor meets Dragon's Den meets Golf Club Manufacturing. Mm. And it came, they came out with a driver at the end of it, yeah. the Cortex. Um, from that point then, that was, again, a very, very good product. But in my opinion, and again, I was even on the TV show, it was priced in way too high. Okay, like It was priced well into the 500s, and it was almost was it? competing wow. with TaylorMade, Callaway, etc. Yep. Where I think this is where this driver they brought out this year, the Dynapower, is a much cleverer driver. And I mentioned it in the video, in the fact that the pricing is much more affordable to some degree compared yep. to some of the big names. And the performance was bloody impressive. Well, that's it. Wilson are quite a strange brand. And I say that in a, in a kind of nice way because they're number one in basketball when it actually comes to things like basketballs. The number one in tennis when it comes to rackets. They are a, a massive sporting, sporting goods brand. And you said over the recent years in the golf world, they've been a real competitor and they've made some really good pieces of kit. Like you said, notably irons. They kind of lost the way from mid to, early to mid-2000s with, with some of the deep red range because deep red were one of their marquee drivers. And then they really they kind of changed the deep red brand to be more kind of budgy. And I think that kind of, they have the Wilson staff more kind of serious line. The deep red was a bit more budget, but I think they kind of got a bit lost. And it became a brand that people just saw as a bit lower than your top brand. So it was kind of, you'd have all those brands you reeled off, Callaway, TaylorMade, Titleist, etc. You could argue people might see Cobra's been half a tier below that, and then Wilson again, kind of another tier below that. So they want to make a serious driver. They've employed more um, guys in the R&D team, I believe. They've, they've upped their team. They're kind of really wanting to go full throttle on this driver. But yeah, they're in a tough spot aren't they, with price because if mm-hmm. they charge 500 quid for a driver... It's going to be very hard to turn people away from Stealth 2, from Paradigm to, to Wilson, let's be honest. If they charge 300 quid, well, naturally, as a consumer, you see that's been it must be worse because it's it's £200 cheaper. Yeah. So this new driver, the carbon version, like you said, 400 quid, is a good price point. Well, the carbon one's 400 and the um, titanium it's one was... 349. 
that that is the window at the moment where there's, there is a gap. Because mm-hmm. even Cobra have fallen out of that yeah. window. Like Cobra have kind of got a bit guilty in getting into the mid to um, mid to high four hundred pounds for a driver. Where that kind of gap where F9 sat all those years ago in £350, I think is a real sweet spot. I think what's hard for brands to do is we know that now, you know, most of the golf brands who are making equipment are making good clubs. That That's a fact. But people often go fittings with one or two brands in mind. So people might say, right, 2023, I want a new driver. I do fancy trying Stealth 2 and I fancy trying Paradigm. And they might try those out and they might bring something else into the equation. But really, if you, if you put a Wilson in, in the golfer's hands, even if it performs as well, they're going, yeah, but I didn't come for a Wilson. I want to have that new paradigm that John Rahm's using and winning with, or I want that stealth too, so I do like the stealth and the carbon face story, etc. You've got to give them a reason to go, well, actually, I'm hitting this Wilson as well as these two, and there's X reason. And if that comes down to price, and it's a little bit cheaper, that could sway some people. Do you think, do you think in this day and age, right now, where, you know, with the internet, with the the presence of tour players and everything else. Do you think as an industry, golfers have become more brand snobs? Hmm. Do, you think it's, do you think it's changed over the last 10, 20 years? Hmm, that's a good question. I don't know if it has. You know what's interesting? I, I think there's more loyal fans to brands. So I think there's, there's fans out there now that almost would only ever stick to one brand. Personally, I see that a little bit more these days. But on the flip side, when I say about brand snobbery, like some of these kind of underground brands, like let's say, but I don't want to do these guys a disservice, but like Vice Golf Ball, like Vice is almost quite a cool brand mm. to like, isn't it? Yeah. It, so it, it's not it's not the big boys. It's not a Callaway or TaylorMade, etc. But it's a brand that's managed to captivate an audience and, and excite people. I think on that, there's two things. I don't know if there's more brand loyalists now that would have been 15 years ago, 20 years ago, but it might appear there is because of the internet. That's so true. 15, 20 years ago, if you were a massive Cobra fan, let's just say, you might just have their gear and go to the golf club and play it. Whereas now that same guy might have a Cobra hardcore fan Instagram page. And yeah, that's true. Um, it's a bit more visible, I guess. Yeah, and I think on that though, like we said before, with, with products and certainly with golf ball, but everything, there's so many brands out there but there's a lot of brands that are established. And, and, and in some ways, it feels like there's a lot of golf ball brands, but actually there's tight list, there's Bridgestone, there's Shrix, and there might only be six or seven in reality for people to actually really choose. So when a new brand comes that kind of disrupts disrupts the marketplace in some way, I think it can become quite cool, like a vice. It's like, oh, that's a bit different. I, I want to be guys on the first tee and everyone's going, what are you using? Pro V1, number one, Bridgestone, number two, vice, number yeah. four. <laughs> Why do you use vice? Because I do. It's cool. like, I'm cool on yeah. Hat on backwards. <laughs> I think for, for me, it's been, a, it's, it, is it almost these new, like, let's say Wilson was something, such a hardcore heritage. Like so many older golfers will know about Wilson as a golf club manufacturer. How interesting it now, let's say a new wave of new golfer that's coming into the world, which is, is a huge mm. amount over the last few years. That they actually know the heritage and the story of Wilson, and are Wilson giving that message enough? Have they have they pushed hard enough in that category, or are they almost relying so much on their heritage? In a way, though, how much does heritage matter? So, for example, if if Wilson had have signed Micah Morris and Grant, would that have done enough to get a whole new audience going? Oh, Wilson's cool. I know Wilson from the basketball he's at school. I know yeah. it's a grand. I recognise it. Like, would that does. 
does the newer golfers care that 50 years ago the Irons won the Open? They probably don't, no. do they? So I think heritage matters in terms of building like credibility. But does it matter to a new golfer if they don't if they know a brand's new or old or whatever? Does it matter to them as long Possibly as it seems to be cool? Yeah, that well, yeah. That's and Wilson, part. Wilson, that being horrible, is not cool, is it really? No. It's not a cool brand. Even the logo possibly looks even just a little bit kind of old, a styling. The, the logo would look, look cool like a jumper, a baggy jumper, like a, something that's quite cool. Like a, like a student at St. Andrews would like wear Like a champion-style jumper. 100%. On a driver, though, is it that good? But does that matter? I don't know. But then again, Callaway's logo isn't no, great. True. They tried to change it, but it's kind of gone almost like cal- calligraphy again, hasn't like, Yeah. I mean, they've had that for a while. But well, you were that Wilson driver well, didn't you? I really liked it. Loved it for the sound. It? Not a lot. I would I would consider it. It probably, it would take me a little bit to really, tr- I'd almost, it sounds ridiculous, I'd almost have to test the Wilson driver slightly more just to make sure I've gone, yeah, no, that is definitely the right choice. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's almost like, am I definitely right in this? But I've had Wilson irons in the bag loads of times. It doesn't phase me at all. I put a Wilson set of irons in tomorrow without as much thought. But Wilson driver just feels like that's quite a big shift on new equipment, though. Mm-hmm. And I've mentioned it a few times through this podcast about I might look at tweaking <laughs> and changing and completely having a full new set of everything, which I, I genuinely think I'm going to do this year. We're going to give you one more final update of... Um, the new studio that is being built next door. Now, last week, um, certainly if you were very early, 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 early to the podcast last week, a little a little couple of minute clip was left in where I had to go and tell next door to be quiet as they were building. Yes. Um, guy very nicely swept up the mess. <laughs> the mess. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's my, anyone's fault. Um, so that's been built. Yes. It's what now? 90% built. Uh, yes. It's looking it's good, close. Looking good? Yeah, it's looking good. I hope it's really looking good. <laughs> no, it's looking absolutely <laughs> class. I think we've said this a number of times, the review channel is coming very, very soon. We're thinking around the start of April, it'll be here yeah. and ready to go. Uh, and we wanted a base where you can review golf clubs indoor, still some outdoor as well, but certainly for the new channel, we see a lot of that being indoor because it, it works really well. The facility, I don't want to get carried away, but I think it's world class. I think, genuinely when we first launched that channel and we're going to post the first reveal video on the main channel because it's main channel worthy i do actually think it's going to blow people's socks off no, i actually it's... think people who are watching oh, suddenly look down oh, at the feet socks fell off <laughs> 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 they've actually fallen off their feet yeah that does happen so yeah it's class is that why the builders keep walking out with no socks on every time yeah i mean that's a legal requirement i've set in yeah. set it's done no shoes no, socks. no shoes are allowed in the new studio no. i'm actually going to test barefoot yeah, should do. You know, I'm excited, though, about the new studio. Um, new channel, obviously, comes off the back of it. So if you like your golf equipment reviews, like seeing Rick review golf clubs, well, good news. There's going to be loads more, maybe two, three a week, potentially. Everything and everything. Everything and anything you're going to review. Yes. Everything. And the other benefit is I am going to be in there every single day grinding my little hands off. Yep. Getting better at golf. Mm. Every, every day. You can be like, where's Rick? Oh, grinding. Well, that's the thing. It, it, grinding. There's, there's not really any excuse then for you not to be a really good golfer. I'm quite literally, I want I want, I want, want to go from the podcast studio mm-hmm. to the grind zone. <laughs> the like grind that. zone. <laughs> <laughs> then there's a dungeon. <laughs> I want to be in there just, just getting work done. 
You've got. I don't want to give too much away, but I can. I can literally work on every single part of my golf game in that room. All you'll do is go for ball speed. Which and, and we've got. We've got the, the one of the. Don't want to give too much away. One of the world, and I mean this, biggest simulator screens. I think it's going to need to be replaced probably weekly. Yes. For the amount of grind I'm going to be doing in that room. Mm. Also, we can do some more tip videos for the Facebook and stuff. So if you, want it, if you want some more little tips, um, they will be coming, I believe. It's going to happen. I'm excited. I feel like my head's gone a bit after today's little thing happened halfway through. I yeah. Yours has really gone. This, this feels like a really good, strong performance first half. Yeah. Half time came, big announcement. Second half has been sloppy. Yeah, we've we've let a, we've let a one lead one nil lead slip. It will be worth it when you can announce or when you do announce oh, what it you're will what you're be doing. Worth it, guys. Thanks for listening, watching. Make sure you like and subscribe. Check out every single video we're going to be releasing over the next <laughs> few weeks because honestly, it's going to be epic. Sawgrass is out Friday, four p.m. Break seventy five at Sawgrass. It's possibly one of my most favorite episodes ever, and I keep saying that a lot recently. Every week. But yeah. genuinely, it's one of the greatest episodes ever. Um, and then we will be back home, Little Aston, followed by JCB, me and Guy. Loads more videos. And uh, I'm going to now go and lie down in a dark room and just consider... Play with yourself. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we'll go. Uh, yeah. And make, <laughs> and make more OnlyFans. Right, thanks for watching. See you soon. Bye-bye. And peace. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 